Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Retro Gamers Podcast, episode number 255. Larry here, and as you can see, I have a very special guest on the show this week. A uh, very good friend of mine, Sean Law. I'm so special. You you are special because this is the first time you're on. Yes, I, I feel honored, even though I, I was worried because I don't retro game that much. <laughs> That's My- okay. Yeah, earliest console was an N64. That hurts me personally because <laughs> of my age. That's all. Um, well, I I had a NES, but it was oh, it sat in the corner. You use the word NES. I might have to throw you off the podcast now. What? Um, it's NES. Okay, it's a NES. No, if Anthony was here, he would probably li- lightly agree with you. But since I'm here and I'm in charge, it's not a NES. It's not a SNES. It's an NES or Super Nintendo. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, well, first, you know, Sean, um, let me ask you, because this is your first time on, on the podcast. Yeah, let me ask you. And like, I'm clearly an avid listener by the previous conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank, well, I appreciate the honesty, at least. So, But um, before we get into the topic at hand, which I think is actually going to be a really fun topic to talk about, one I've been gearing up to to, to talk about for a while, uh, me and Anthony especially. But uh, first of all, all right, fine. So your first system was an N64. Like, do you remember, like, your favorite game on the N64? Oh, Rogue Squadron. Really? Okay. Oh, my God. As oh, game's kid, fantastic. Up liking Star Wars, you're like, I get to fly the X-Wing? <laughs> you have a good pod? Yeah. Oh, pod racing. Yeah, that was good. But like flying the X-Wing, though, Mm -hmm. like what more do you want to do than like I just flying around and making the wings open and close? (laughs) And like I am Luke Skywalker. (laughs) That was I I was more the pod racing. Like I enjoyed pod racer, especially when I found out you can use both controllers. You can use like a dual controller. Um, But no, definitely. and, And that series even went on with the GameCube. Um, yeah. with like Rogue Squadron and everything, but all right. So, a big Star Wars fan, which then led over to the N64 in the video game. Yeah, cool. Playing anything like any game video games you're playing now? Yeah, I am still playing games. I did mothball my PS4 and I'm okay. going strictly PC. Oh, PC fan. Okay, we don't do much PC here, but definitely interested in, in it. Anything um, you recommend or playing right now? Yeah, I because I love PC games and I love management games specifically. Um, a very or not very mildly controversial company, Paradox Interactive. I love their historical games, Crusader Kings 3. So much fun if you kind of like random dice systems in your management and a lot of chaos because it's okay, you're a king. And you, you start, you, I think you can start all the way back to, um, Oh, uh, Charles the Great. Okay, so, so we're going back a while. Yeah, uh, and then you can go all the way up to just bordering on the Renaissance. Oh, okay. So there's a big chasm there, and you can basically the map spans like uh, border of Russia, China to Ireland. Actually, it goes all the way, I think, to Greenland. And then it's a you're a king, you conquer religion, etc. But you play the family all throughout the eras. So your main thing is actually 
arranging marriages and dealing with the alliances and playing that whole Game of Thrones game of juggling with the AI and like making sure nobody's too upset with you. <laughs> it's it's actually not like a um, conquer everybody like kill. It's a when you get big enough and bloated enough, it's, you know, make sure it's uh, that people like you and will actually go to war for you. Interesting. It's, it's sort of like a game where because I always say if you're making everyone happy, you're doing something wrong. So, so. And that's the thing is like uh, at a certain point of time, you have to pick very powerful alliances okay. and subjugate people. And like there's a whole fear system. It's a very complicated modern game. Fear system. I, I like, you know, knowing for as long as I've known you for fairly, you know, for a while now, I can see how a game of chaos and rule might be right up your alley. So <laughs> I can definitely, definitely respect that. <laughs> I don't know um, what you mean. <laughs> and um, and and as far as our topic at hand, which we'll reveal here in a few moments, um, I don't know if you've ever played any of those type of games that converted onto the PC. Uh, right now, it could be a yes or no because we'll deep dive into it a little later. Uh, yeah, to a certain extent because there's a lot. Yes, oh, no, absolutely. In fact, let's let's get into it right now. You know when. Um, Anthony, first of all, the reason why Anthony's not here this week is because, well, by the time this episode dropped, uh, he would have already ran the New York City Marathon and most likely is still somewhere in Queens by the time this drops. <laughs> so we might have to go out and find him. He's but, at a bodega in Astoria. Uh, most likely. <laughs> most likely if, it, if the race runs past it. Um, but no, in all seriousness, we're happy for Anthony and uh, we're definitely... Uh, we assume, as this episode airs the before the race, uh, that everything's going to be wonderful for him. So uh, good luck, Ant. Definitely. I'll be, I'll be tracking you on the app, or the New York City Marathon app. Best um, luck to you, dude. So in, in you know, finding a replacement, uh, Sean uh, stepped up like, hey, you know, ready for it. And knowing, because we talked about this in the past, you know, Sean, you mentioned to me before, not an avid gamer as far as the stuff that we talk about, uh, some of the mm -hmm. older stuff. But you do play something that we, me and Anthony used to play uh, and people play today, and that is Dungeons and Dragons mm -hmm. and more the board game aspect, which is something me and Anthony always wanted to dive into because Anthony is a huge board game in general board game fan. Um, but we've definitely dealt with some D&D. Um, first of all, what are some of your like memories and history? Like how far back do you remember playing Dungeons and Dragons? I, well, in terms of board games, there's that closet. Oh, yeah, look at all that right behind you. If you're watching on YouTube and Instagram TV, you got, definitely got a list there. Wow. That's why when you said, like, yo, uh, what are we doing? I'm like, I, I got examples. <laughs> I can talk. Um, and I didn't even pull out all my books to talk about today. But in terms of memories, uh, specifically with D&D and tabletop role-playing games, I started with the 3.5 red box when I was like 12 or 13. Okay. Um, my buddy had it. I was hanging over at his place and it was literally the two of us played. <laughs> uh, I GM'd, he played all of the characters. I ran the scenario mm -hmm. and he tried to play. And that was my first exposure okay. um, to D&D. And then after that, it, like I went, I started getting my own stuff. And then 
it became hard to find people that weren't like, what's wrong with you, weirdo? Yeah, there was a little, there was an error there. Not even an error because we're, we're and I'm not saying this in a bad way, we're different in ages, but it's it's not necessarily a matter of time, but it's a matter of age that you do get to a point for a little while that's like, ah, no one's playing right now. What's going on here? Maybe this isn't cool or something. Well, there was another game that was in vogue, which was World of Darkness. Okay which I did get to play some of in summer camp. Mm -hmm. And I got to play Werewolf, the Apocalypse, and um, Vampire the Masquerade. And these are all D&D-like games? Uh, they're, they're, they Within play reason. similarly in terms of, like, dice sheets. Yeah, dice, well, stories, like, I got gotcha. you. Same format, but, like, gotcha. in terms of actual mechanical systems, wildly different. Oh, I'm sure, because they need to be their own entities, but still. Yeah. All righty. Um, and and like at what point did you really kind of find yourself going, all right, this is something that I'm I'm loving, and now it's almost like you did kind of like how one day this only all of this behind me with the pop vinyl started with just three of them to try and impress some chick, and now I have almost five hundred of them. So <laughs> when <you know. laughs> when the when we were looking at the book and the books like tell your own story, I was like, I'm in. And you are a storyteller, you know, and, and, and a good one, might I add, from some of the stuff that I've experienced with you. So, again, I can see how you fit in the D&D &D world. Yeah, because uh, and for the record, I'm currently running a campaign. We've been running since pre-COVID meeting every Sunday. Really? One consistent story. Uh, it started as World of Darkness. That did a full arc of almost six months oh wow capped it went to D, &D. Mm -hmm. that has been consistent all right um, that's cool and we've basically done intertwining characters world and theme and stuff so there have so the players have actually changed characters three times mm -hmm. but there's always been interconnecting themes webs and like npcs to keep it all like in the same world it's like, uh, you know, the uh, Kevin Smith's uh, View Askew universe. You know, there's very, always a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but it's like what happened in the last campaign. It, we're continuing that That's story cool. from new characters' perspectives, dealing with the last character's ram, mm -hmm. like what they did. That's that's cool. I, I remember, you know, early, probably, actually, I can pinpoint it almost, um, probably sixth grade or so maybe is when i started playing dungeons and dragons uh back in my neighborhood in brooklyn just a couple kids started playing and you know they invited me over one day i'm like yeah hey, let me see what this is all about i played a couple of times What's um, this nerd shit? yeah basically and i'm like you know and i wasn't even too cool for the room trust me but even i'm like i don't know if i want to get into this because also and this might have been before your time for a little while dungeons and dragons like from a parent's point of view and even from like a religious point of view for a while, oh, the Satan. Oh, was 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 damn near condemned because I went to a, 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 um, a Catholic uh, school, Catholic school. Yeah. So actually, I've gone, I went to Catholic school from first grade all the way through high school until uh, college. They so, got that wonky, the, the wonky on the mind. Have you listened to uh, the last podcast on the left of the Satanic Panic in D&D? No, I, I didn't hear that one. I know of them, but I didn't hear it. Check it out. <laughs> um, well, there's been like various, there's been some, some like films. I'm, I'm pretty sure 
um, Tom Hanks like first movie was like a D and Yeah, it was type. about the <laughs> yeah exotic. He's like, yeah. I don't want to do it. Basically, like was at a school or something. You know, someone's like, "Hey, man, you want to come play some?" It wasn't Dungeons and Dragons, but a role playing like game. Yeah, it was a role. And then all of a sudden, turns into LARPing, live action role playing, and here they are. You know, getting ready to call Cthulhu. You know, out of the ground. Have <laughs> you like... seen on Netflix Paradise PD? Yes, I have watched okay, it. Okay, yes. there's the best moment that I love of the satanic panic where <laughs> they have the deep programming room for the kids. Was that in the go, newer season? It was in the newer season, I believe. Okay, I'm, I'm trying to remember. I didn't watch all of it, but I'm not worried about spoilers. I watched all of it. Okay. It's, it's so, I love that show. It's, it's oh, so first stupid. two seasons were great. It's so stupid. Oh, but totally. They go and they're like, is it the Bible or is it D&D? And they're like, the witch of something, something. Yeah. I like D&D. No, Bible. <laughs> then they go over. The the witch of Agrimar is D&D. Yeah. The witch of this is yeah. Bible. <laughs> and it's like, oh, the D&D is actually just a lot like, anyway. It's... Yeah, it was. So so for a while, there was a stigma behind Dungeons and Dragons. And this is a game that came out in, in the late 70s. Uh, so, but you know, you know, parents at the time were just thinking, you know, this is, they're, they're, they're talking about demons and yeah, maybe Satan and Satan. Cast, casting spells and everything like that. And definitely in, in, in a Catholic school, we weren't playing it there. Um, well, it's, it's not really, like, yeah, sorry. It's really no. interesting. Just going into the philosophy side of it, because the reason you spell a word Look at the word spell and casting a spell mm-hmm. in uh, the Latin way of using language is that words have power and meaning. Oh, and totally. It controlling language and thought. And there's the 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 um, sin of thought, etc. So intention when you go to mass, it is white magic. It is a belief of like you, they believe they're uh, what is it called? The um, when the body and blood of Christ. Well, first of all, the, the thoughts right now that of Sean, we're not going to deep dive into religion or anything. Sorry, I'll no, pull no. it back. No, 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 it's okay. No, no, but you're heading towards something, and I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna uh, cast you out for it. But I think I, I know what you're talking about as far as religion itself, and every religion is kind of like that. Yeah, where you can, you can, yeah, it's people it's, at the time t- took it very seriously exactly exactly and so it, it's kind of understandable to understand like giving kids a book where it's like say these words at a friend and potential militian at one point you know at one point the and i can say this easily at one point the bible was meant to be you know verbatim where later on you know nowadays it's meant to be the stories you know we know yeah. the earth is more than five thousand years old those are all stories to teach us yet there, historically speaking, there might have been a global flood because everyone talks about that. Yeah. So, but I, I see what you're talking about as far as where the concerns would be with parents who, no disrespect to parents from the 70s and 80s, not very knowledgeable, then, then maybe, no, 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 meaning like they didn't get it. You know, back then when you were an adult, you were an adult. You know what I mean? Like when I was younger, when I saw 40-year-olds when I was like 10, they wouldn't be playing video games. They wouldn't be watching cartoons. You know, not stuff that I do, stuff that you do. You know what I mean? You know, it, it was a world of difference. But but it was crazy, though, how, and you were starting to mention it, how people got crazy over Dungeons & Dragons as far as the evil behind it. 
Yeah, and a lot of it just also goes to the shifting times of like people now, except like people are always growing and changing. Mm -hmm. Back in the day, it's like once you're a man, you're a man. And like people stuck to their guns on stuff. And it wasn't like, and you were stuck in your, he's stuck in his ways. Yeah. I got you. I got you. Totally. Um, So I was sort of like my beginning of Dungeon Dragon. So I went to my friend's house, played a little bit, borrowed some dice. I didn't have my own. And then uh, and then a shop opened up. I remember a shop opened up in my neighborhood that kind of started selling some D&D books, D&D dice. Well, I, at the time, I called them D&D dice, not knowing they're really dice for almost anything. And then everyone eventually got that collection where you'd carry with you the little pouch of dice. Um, there we go. There you, you got two of them. Oh, three? I maybe got, no. uh, three. Three. Look at that. <laughs> One of I, them just has a full D100 in it. I was, you know, I was going to talk about those in a moment. I haven't seen one of those in forever. <laughs> I remember my, I remember I had yellow dice. I don't know why they were yellow. Just the ones I bought were yellow and I had a yellow pouch and I had your standard dice on it all the way up to a D20. Um, and then I remember one day a friend of mine walked in with a D100 and we're all like, what the hell is that? Like, what could we possibly be rolling that we need a 100-sided die. And God help us, it actually helped out a lot during games. Yeah, percentiles. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and I remember, like, some stuff. I, I remember, I forgot what it was exactly, but all I remember is I would I would roll to see how drunk I would get. And the drunker I got, the more powerful I was. So I was a fairly powerful whatever it was. I, I doubt it wasn't a mage. Usually... Sounds like a barbarian yeah, to me. Any role-playing game, even like for video games, I always go for like the human or the barbarian to try and put myself into it as much as possible. You know, because yeah. if I'm an elf or an orc, I'm like, that's not going to work. So mentally for me. But... Um, yeah, I just I remember having so much so much fun with that. Like, did you to a point start collecting dice? Like, all of a sudden, find yourself with like you know a thousand dice. <laughs> so I I lost a good chunk of my collection to an X. Oh boy, uh, I feel you. I, I still got a decent. This is all like a variety bag. Okay. Of dice, I think there's only like four or five d20s in there in a mm-hmm. different little hodgepodge. And then this is all just D10s for Vampire. <laughs> oh, it's a D10 game? It's Yeah, it uses purely D10s. So okay. that's... Very cool. Very cool. Just D10s. Yeah, I remember, too, for a while, that you know, you'd have your, your D&D players uh, or role-playing players who would stick with, like, uh, you know, mine are all blue, mine are all red, mine were all yellow. Uh, then you have people who just mix and match because they like the feel of a die, even though none of them match as far as color or design. Um, and then I remember... No, I- yeah the logic is you need as many as possible because when one starts rolling bad the luck on it's worn out throw it into dice prison to get its <laughs> recharge back get a new one out because hopefully it's got some luck juice in it. start using that one and my, mine would be more roll off the table my friend's dog would try and eat it so i'm like all right let me get another one let me just grab another one at this point um so all right so dungeons and dragons you know at what point like how many people are in your campaign now like what's like what's I remember we had maybe like five or six at most. Okay. Do you feel that's comfortable enough? Yeah, it's it's a very good mix of personalities and it keeps things flowing uh, Mm -hmm. very well because I'm able to give everybody a lot of individual attention. Okay. Um, I've had games. The largest consistent game I ran was seven. The largest game I've ever ran was 12. Oh, okay. 
That's interesting. Um, do you tend yeah. to be the dungeon master? Uh, pretty much almost always. Okay, so I was never DM. I just, it wasn't me. I wasn't that quick in storytelling back then, or even now. <laughs> I I started doing improv at a super young age, and I was always just like, let's play D&D, and they're like, who's going to GM? And like, I would just be like, I'm doing it, let's go. Everybody sit down, here's your stuff, let's go. Dude, we're doing this. Now, would you, are you the DM that would, you already had your books, of, your book of stories, you had your outlines laid out? Like, how far did you go as far as physical? Because this is mostly the bare bottoms is pen, paper, and dice. That's I like got the pen, paper, dice. You sit down at my table, you have your character sheet. Yeah. And my prep work is kind of a bullet point outline of the story and like a couple of monsters and NPCs to pull from. Mm hmm. After that, I'm just kind of throwing stuff at you and see how you bounce off of it. Because I like my big planning is it depends on you're doing a campaign or a one shot. Yeah. If you're doing if you're doing a one shot, you do a little more rigid, mm -hmm. build out the town, build out the world. If you're, if I'm doing a campaign, the world is very fleshed out, but the actual day to day beats are pretty loose. All right. And um, you ever get to the point where you're drawing maps out? on on a grid paper or even are you going out buying figurines and stuff like that so i i i have back there it's a i can get it okay this was the greatest investment i ever made in high school oh my gosh what the what is that wow oh i thought i was expecting just like um, a notebook graph so i, I was expecting like a notebook graph paper no, you don't need a notebook because this is erasable and leather. <laughs> or not leather, but like pleather. Yeah. And so, like, doing that all the time, just get some dry erase <laughs> markers. So, That's you can awesome. do like a map of the world, a map yep. of the room they're in, and just go to town. That's cool. That's yeah, cool. I, I had minis. Uh, they're probably somewhere. Yeah, but just in I general. I stopped using minis. I pretty much now um, only do theater of the mind. Okay. Style. Which I like. Uh, um, because I like throwing crazier stuff at people and bouncing more stuff off of people. Mm-hmm. Instead of, um, instead of constantly using like a gelatinous cube or something like that. Uh, as well as I... In terms of I've been playing D&D &D long enough where I know where my interests lie in okay. terms of telling a story. So I, if you're playing in my campaigns, you're going to be basically a character in Game of Thrones. Gotcha. Which kind of makes that's, sense anyway. So That's that's the level of shenanigans you're going to be getting up to is like, it's going to be a lot of political intrigue and like <laughs> talking to people and like trying to think about what's going on. It's not a lot of like go through the dungeon, fight the gelatinous cube, turn right, get the magic item. Yeah. It's going to be like figure out the mystery of who murdered this guy and why he murdered this guy. Then go try to prove he murdered this guy to the court and wow. stuff like that. It's, it's, like, it's, it's like you're bringing in Clue almost. Yeah, it's I run very different games than like what people think right. of when you say the words D&D. &D. That's why I really like World of Darkness, because it lends itself more towards that style of game. Gotcha. And, uh, you know, like the only other dice game that we played, me and Anthony, because we, we grew up together, um, that we played was a, a wrestling one, actually, one based on WWE, yeah. which 
it's funny because Anthony being the, you know, the literary hoarder that he is, he actually still had that book. We showed it a few episodes ago, probably a couple months ago, um, of his book. Like he was the GM and, um, you know, we each had a different wrestler and yeah, it would be, it would play kind of like Dungeons and Dragons, like some of these other games that you're mentioning where it's dice based and, you know, you, you play your character and then, you know, you roll and I never want to match. God help me. Uh, my, my dice were terrible. I should have just thrown them away, but, <laughs> but I never learned my lesson. <laughs> um, that's why you got to get the big collection. So when the luck wears out, you got to go put it to the side. That was my fault. Please. Now the stuff that kids and adults and players have nowadays, like, um, I, I would have had all this stuff. Uh, my, what is it? The, um, like a dice tower. I need to get a dice tower. You know, which I guess just randomizes more, you know, the dice as they bounce down this tower and then roll out. Uh, you know, but I think that's more for show than anything else. 50-50. Yeah, you know, it depends on, you know, it's mentally and, and physically. But um, to talk a little bit about actually the history of D&D, I got it right here. Uh, the game started again in 1974 was the original uh, game. Uh, 77 Advanced D&D uh, came out. Then you had your second edition in 81, your third edition in 83. Excuse me, I, let me stand corrected. Third edition was 2000. Yeah. Uh, fourth edition was 08. And currently, the the OG Dungeons & Dragons game is currently in its fifth edition, which came out in 2014. So I got my fourth edition book. There you go. Look, now this is what I want to talk about because the literature that comes with having to learn. You know, you buy a video game, you get one little manual, and you figure it out on the fly. I'm not doing all this reading for Dungeons so and Dragons. This is the core <laughs> rule books for 4E. That's three full books. That is insane. Um, and then this was my favorite campaign, Eberron. Okay. And so this is what we were, this is what we had beside us in 2008. Yeah. You know, when nowadays, you know, I'm sure it's all online, but it was a part of it was online then. Oh, really? <laughs> you could make they had a program that allowed you to create your characters. Oh, okay. they had all of this on a generated program. You could pay money for download mm -hmm. and it would do some of the work for you, but they still do old school. I mean, one of the biggest competitors um, company called Paizo does Pathfinder. Okay. They do a game more that's along the lines of 3.5. All of their stuff's online for free. Oh, wow. People just pay for the books out of the love and support. There you go. That's that's a way of doing it. But yeah, I remember the books. You know, when I worked in a bookstore, um, you know, sometimes we get some 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 kids coming in like, uh, do you have a Dungeons and Dragons book? I'm like, no, we just carry college textbooks. But I can probably try and order it for you. And then like just looking into it. And I had already been out. Like, I stopped playing Dungeons and Dragons probably right before I went to high school. And I remember it vividly the day I stopped playing D&D. I went to my friend's house, who was normally the dungeon master. I'm like, all right, setting up, getting ready, got my dice. Blah, blah, blah. I'm on one end of the table. He's on the other end of the table. I'm like, all right, when's everyone else coming? He's like, oh, no, it's just me and you. I'm like, well, I'm sorry. Like, we're doing a one. It's only me and you're the dungeon master. He's like, yeah, it's just, just you know, one player. Thank you. I've been. It's been fun. I've enjoyed this game. I'm putting my dice down and I'm. I've officially retired. And yeah. that, that was the last time I I played a true D and D game. That's yeah. One <laughs> one on one D and D worked when getting into it at like thirteen. 
I wouldn't do it nowadays. <laughs> and I was about 13 or 14. And I was like, no, nah, I can't do this anymore. I've recently run as a side offshoot to a current campaign, mm -hmm. a two player session where it was me and two other people. But at least it's at least it's three in total. You know what I mean? The, the yeah. dungeon master and then two players, which is fine because you can still bounce off of each other with the players. Yeah, but it's just me and the dungeon master. I'm like, I, I just don't want to do that. <laughs> but I and I've offered players like during the last World of Darkness campaign, I said, if you want to do a one on one session to do side stuff with your character, I gave them that option. Okay, but that was like it wasn't a normal thing. It was a like if you want to like betray the party or do something weird, here's an <laughs> option. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so Dungeons Dragons, again, been around for a while. Some other things I want to mention real quick as far as the lore of D&D. Um, certainly you have the board game. We're actually going to touch on some of the video games in a little bit. But this thing also made it to like mainstream television and movies. Uh, I don't know if you remember the old, well, this would be more in reruns for both of us, the old Dungeons Dragons cartoon. I know it exists. <laughs> yep. it's. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere right now. It's actually made by Marvel, uh, co-production of Marvel Productions and the original owner of D&D, TSR. Uh, it ran for three seasons, uh, 27 episodes over three seasons. So you you do the math on the syndication rights. Um, but some of the names that are in it, obviously you got your Peter Cullen and your Frank Welker who were in everything from Transformers. Yeah. You know, they were, you know to every I was like, those, those the are 80s. names. What are they? Also, uh, from Charles in Charge, Willie Ames was a voice in the show. And from Happy Days, Don Most, or Donnie Most, um, amongst some other ones. And it was fun because the cartoon is what I always... So, and we've, we've talked about it on the podcast, me and Anthony. When it comes to adaptation, whether it's TV or film adaptation of video games, to me, the best way of doing it would always be have the player get sucked into the game and then that's the storyline. And that's kind of what happened in the cartoon. Kids were playing the game and they get sucked into the game and now they're living D&D. So that's why I always enjoyed it. Again, it's 27 episodes, a short run if you ever find it anywhere. It's fun to watch. But then Hollywood stepped in. Oy. And we got we got three movies which just eventually went from big budget Hollywood to a high school AV club. Um, as far as I think the quality, do you remember the, the, the original Dungeons and Dragons movie from 2000? No, you don't remember. I, that? I, I know it happened. That was one of those <laughs> ones where like me and my friends looked at it and went, I think we have better things to do with our time. Some of the big names, Marlon Wayans, Thora Birch, Jeremy Irons, just to name a few. Jeremy Irons was in the <laughs> Jeremy Irons was in the movie. And but it was in the realm of Dungeons and Dragons. So it wasn't, again, like someone getting sucked into the board game. You know, it was in the realm of D and D. And, you know, it's one of those situations where if you don't play the game, you're going to miss a lot of the, you know, a lot of the uh, references and, and stuff. references. And you stuff. know, kind of like in the, the new Uncharted uh, trailer that came out, the movie with yeah. uh, Spider-Man in it. You know, the scene of him falling out the back of the. Um, it the, is a very iconic sequence that unless you played yeah. the game, you wouldn't actually get. Which I never played the game, funny enough. And I'm like, and then someone compared it. I'm like, wow, that's straight out of there. That's cool. But nevertheless, Dungeons and Dragons was a flop uh, in the theaters, but kind of got love uh, on the home uh, turf of it. There was a sequel. I remember this, a made for TV sequel, Wrath of the Dragon God, 
which came out on sci-fi in 2005. Um, and then, which I think I vaguely remember watching. And then there was a third movie, which only came out in England, apparently. The Book of Vile Darkness, in um, uh, released in 2012. But we are getting a reboot. There is going to be a reboot movie set for 2023. Um, Here's the thing. Yeah. Is there's one, like big entryway i'm not sure if you have it on your notes do you have the dragonlance series on there uh i can look it up real quick so dragonlance is a book series that is, is so basically a, a friends group D campaign that they turned into a series of novels mm -hmm. yes and okay it's it's so prolific it became DD canon more or less soft canon mm-hmm i do yes yeah, some of these names actually sound familiar like heroes of the lance dragons of the flame some of that sounds familiar. Champions of Kryn Dragon Strike. So um But like hmm. some some of the characters out of that have become DD characters and characters in video games. See, that's cool. I like when that happens. That's pretty sweet. Um that to me is like when I when I think of DD and media, I think of Dragonlance. Mm -hmm. I also more modern think of like a lot of the Lex plays on Twitch. That's what I want to talk about next is, you know, when Twitch came out, as much as Twitch originally was just more video game, like actual video game play, there are a lot of D&D &D channels, which I have watched. So there's um, yeah, like two <clears throat> of big daddies to me. Mm -hmm. Number one was, you know, Penny Arcade, right? Yes. Penny Arcade was originally approached like 2000 eight with fourth edition i think to do a let's play podcast and they're the they they did a full pure audio and then they started doing live video recordings at the paxes mm -hmm. of them playing D, &D. Mm -hmm. and then came critical role okay Critical Role I heard as well, yeah. Critical Role just took things to a whole nother level. Because <laughs> it was professional voice actors oh. all sitting around a table together. That's not the one. Is Joe Magli Magli Joe Magliano? Because he's huge in the D&D. Is, is he part of that one? He's probably been on it at some because point. Because he's actually one of the catalysts for the reboot. Like, he's trying to get that going, the rebooted movie. Because he's huge into D&D. Um, I don't think he's a okay. like one of the weekly guys. Gotcha, gotcha. He might have his own thing. I might be getting confused. I apologize. Yeah. Um, but still, yeah, watching people play, and and you have to believe that the game also kind of may have lent itself to the pandemic. Um, for people to do something because when yeah. you know, let's talk about it. You know, the pandemic hit, the world just shut down, and. You know, nothing was going on. Nothing was happening. I'm talking about when it started, like March, April, you know, through the summer of 2020. But a, th a game like Dungeons and Dragons could be done over Zoom like we're doing right now. Well, not even just Skype. over Zoom. There were a ton of resources pre-existing to do it digitally. There's a thing called Roll20 that I use weekly to play with my players. Okay. That's been around for years. That I, I've played with people in Japan, Europe, all over the world. So, it, And you can use it to find groups. I've played with random people, random games all over. Like, this, this is the thing. If you want to get into this, just start Googling. You'll find, like, you want to play a cyberpunk game? 
go like shadow run whips ass <laughs> it's wild so like that's the whole thing is you're gonna find like a weird norse dude who's just gonna be like so zen z computer hacks your brain and it's the computer's being run by a, da- a dragon and you die <laughs> Roll for favor. Uh, all right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, you know, we can continue to go on and on about the board game itself. I do want to touch on some of the gaming, like the video games of it. And and I, uh, we are not at all going to be able to touch on like the history of D&D video games because there have been a number of D&D games. But let me ask you, do some of these things, I don't know if they sound familiar to you just from playing the board game, um, like Goldbox... Uh, Infinity Engine, uh, Aurora Engines, Dark Alliance. Does that sound like anything from the board games? Dark Alliance sounds vaguely familiar. I mean, we should probably talk about Baldur's Gate. Well, that's what I'm going to get into in a moment, yeah. Um, But I think what happened was uh, some of these engines, for lack of a better term, I'm not sure what that might mean, might be the stories, like the story arcs that multiple games come out in. Maybe. Aurora Engine, Dark Alliance... Like Gold Box, Pool of Radiance, Eye of the Beholder. Eye of the Beholder, I've known oh, for a while. Oh, those are the... um, uh, d- 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 Like offshoot storylines? Uh, like, uh, yeah, c- kind of offshoot storylines. Are okay. there the... um, Like Eberron is. It, mm-hmm. It's it's uh like the world and kind of the rule sense. Okay, like, I gotcha. I gotcha. The separate side expansion. With, Got- like, this okay. is the monsters. This is the special... Gotcha. Tech- flavor that goes so like eye of the beholder yeah okay because eye of the beholder is like the first game i remember and that came out on the super nes the sega cd the amiga home computers back in 1990 i remember always seeing dungeons and dragons eye of the beholder um there was an advanced D game back on atari which i've never ventured to play not even today uh, not because it's on Atari. I would totally play an Atari game. It's just I feel like the rule set would be above and beyond my capability right now, even as a 41-year-old. <laughs> you know, having I to just get into it. <laughs> I just feel like an Atari would have a hard time doing all that math. No, no, Atari. Well, they might do it in a different way, but yeah, Atari's a, a strong little system. But I, the Beholder, I definitely remember seeing those. Um, my history, though, as you just mentioned before, Boulder's Gate. And that's really the game. And there's been standalone Baldur's Gate and Baldur's Gate 2. Yeah. Which you can actually, uh, they are available on current gen consoles uh, to get, you can buy in Baldur's Gate 1 and 2. Yep. But the one I've played and the infamous story that Anthony's told about is with Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance. Yes. And that game was probably, in my opinion, besides like the arcade D&D game, which never really came out on home console till later. Uh, Dark Alliance, I think, was probably like one of the more popular games for a home console that D&D put out, because I remember a lot of people playing Dark Alliance. Yeah. And then, I mean, there's also the whole thing of like Golden Axe is basically a D&D ripoff. Oh, yeah, totally. You know, and, and but Golden Axe in itself is one of the best arcade games, one of the best Sega Genesis games of all time. But yeah, yeah you can see that, you know, when something becomes so popular Listen, you can't help but have it ripped off sometimes or homages, you know what I mean? Or, yeah. you know, you know, loving tributes to it. It's going to happen when something gets that popular. Yeah. So, uh, but I remember with, with Dark Alliance, uh, so I played Dark Alliance mostly on GameCube. Uh, it was just a straightforward hack and slash, which you can say lent itself from Diablo yeah. um, heavily. Um, in fact, 
that's a whole other thing, Diablo. I got to talk about because I can't wait to download the new one. I just haven't done it yet. Diablo two, the uh, the remaster. Oh, the remake, yeah. Yeah, but uh, Dark Alliance was just his forward hack and slash RPG, which I had a blast with. I never beat it. Shocking. Um, but the story that Anthony always tells is with him and his roommate um, were playing Dark Alliance. They went all the way. They get to the end of the game of Dark Alliance. They beat the game. And the ending is just like, ah, for the full story, play Dark Alliance 2, coming soon. Like, it was an advertisement for the second game, and they were like, well, I'm never playing this again. <laughs> so That is fantastic. <laughs> um, and of course, again, they re-released uh, Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance as a, as a remaster, so that's available on current-gen systems. Yep. And then the brand new D&D Dark Alliance, which came out uh, earlier this year, I believe. Um, again, in the Baldur's Gate series for current gen consoles, and that game looks wild. Have you touched uh, Divinity Original Sin? I have not. No, where where is that? Uh, that's PC. See, I'm not a PC player. That's the thing. I, I've, I've, I'm not a fan of PC. I'm not condemning it. I just, I got to have a controller and a console. Um. Uh, so the definitely talk about it, yeah. The second game, which actually does have, I think, came out on consoles and has great um, controller support, um, does D&D so well, so well. It is a real good, like, Baldur's Gate style kind of throwback to the extent where they actually made a full tool set where you can run your D&D campaigns in the game. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, they allowed for a dungeon master to live run the game. Oh, there you go. Um, turn-based four players. Wow. No, that's, it, it's, that's a, it's a fantastic game. <laughs> what is it called again? Uh, Divinity Original Sin Divinity. 2. Okay. Let me make out. sure I get that correct. Um, and I want to make a... While you do, I want to make a slight correction. The Advanced Dungeons & Dragons game I was talking about was not Atari. It was in television. So before people start yelling at me, like they usually do, that was on in television. Uh, still, I remember seeing the box and everything like that. Um, yeah. You know, D&D, again, um, you know, D&D lent itself to probably lightly lift from the Lord of the Rings series. And I'm sure uh, um, Game well, of Lord Thrones. Lord of the Rings, uh, not Game of Thrones. More it had to do with Conan the Barbarian and H.P. Lovecraft, like Hall Cthulhu Mythos. Okay. The, that those were the two real sort of nucleuses. Um Game of uh, or uh, Tolkien was kind of in there because of elves and dwarves and all mm-hmm. that stuff, but the actual dungeon delving was definitely more Conan the Barbarian inspired. I can see that. I can definitely see that. Because I I really love Conan the Barbarian. I have um, a lot of the sh- old magazine short stories. Oh, really? <laughs> they're they're really fun to read. And when you read them, the, every single adventure is different. He's like, oh, he's a pirate now. Now he's a king. Now he's this. And it's always like he has to go get a magic item. There's an evil wizard. There's a, there's an evil monster. It's when you read the short stories, it's like reading like one of the books for D and D. Cool. When you read Tolkien, it's like reading Tolkien. <laughs> when you, if you're reading Conan, do you have Arnold Schwarzenegger's voice in your head? Not at all. <laughs> See, I would, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, because Conan in the books is nothing like Conan. I've heard movie. actually. A buddy of mine is a huge Conan fan, uh, Conan fan, Conan fan, 
and probably likes Conan as well. Um, but um, and yeah, he's told me that he's like the book is like almost totally different than the movie. The books are really incredible. Um, it's actually really fascinating piece of history because they're actually surprisingly feminist mm. and progressive. And then he started hanging out with H.P. Lovecraft and then he got racist and sexist. Ah, okay. He was also made sexist because of like um, the industry at the time was like, we need more nudity to sell yeah. magazines and stuff. So it's interesting to see how his style went from like surprisingly progressive to surprisingly transgressive to <laughs> not we're not transgressive but regressive to mm -hmm. like he got like uh, he he evolved again and he did it all in a very short amount of time. He's like a terrible Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a second form is real bad, but also like real good. Like there, there's some real fun stories in that second period. Oh, I'm of sure. His writing. Yeah. Yeah. Some of still be fun. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's like the stories get like, you can see he's just cranking them out for the magazine to get paid yeah. during the uh, great depression, but they're, they're just like, okay, what's this adventure? Uh, girl with big boobs captured by snake. What's the next one? Black girl with big boobs captured by pirates. <laughs> Print it, sell it. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, and yeah, and and look, you know, this is just going into this podcast. I know we can't like we're just literally skimming the top of this world of not just Dungeons and Dragons but role playing games. And oh yeah, and I have other like. A, a series of other games we haven't even touched on the call of cthulhu game board tabletop games sci-fi games war games i got so much more oh i'm sure to a point where i i, I definitely because we're gonna <laughs> you start to wrap me. this up no 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 totally <laughs> yeah, you know i, I want to wrap this up before we start deep diving into something else and, and we'll yeah. have time for it but absolutely Sean, I, I want you back to talk about the role playing aspect. Even with Anthony, once we get Anthony back, because like I said, yeah. he's big into he's big into board games. Not as much, I don't think, the RPGs. He doesn't really tell me that he that he plays role playing. But to have you back to talk about it, um, you know, to to show us some more stuff. And and I gotta say, Sean, th this has definitely been awesome. It's been fun, and it's, like I said, it's been something I wanted to talk about for a while. And got me remembering why I loved playing D and D and <laughs> some of those offshoot games, like I said, like the wrestling game that we played, and um, <laughs> even a little bit like uh, I don't know if you ever played Hero Clicks. Have you ever seen? Oh those? yeah, I was okay. gonna bring those. Oh okay, those no, let's rule. talk about that because we played that. Me, Anthony, and our buddies back in Brooklyn. I mean, when we discovered Hero Clicks, forget about it. Rule. It took over. I mean, the amount I remember. And again, this is all like from from just out my experiences. We ordered like like a a crate of hero click boxes. So it was a box of like thirty boxes of five boxes each. You know what I mean? Like we went, we pulled together. We had to deliver to my house, um, and then my everyone came over. I remember my parents put out some snacks and everything. Um, and we just sat there and we kind of went in order, just picking boxes. And then start trading. Um, me and Anthony have a very uh, infamous story of a unique Joker. Um, so, folks, so Sean, could you explain Hero Clicks maybe real quick for those who just don't know what it is? Hero and, like, Clicks what are these two idiots talking about? 
is a war game. Uh, you're basically given a mat or a preset mat you put down on the table, and the objective is to purely attack and defeat your opponent using miniatures. And on the bottom of the miniatures is a rotating dial that tracks damage. And with the changing damage, usually your the the stats will change for yeah. the thing. So if you attack the Hulk, the Hulk will probably get stronger. Exactly. If you attack Spider Man, Spider Man may get weaker. And and hence the term hero clicks is when you turn it, you get the, uh, an audio click. I think it came with a ring or something to turn uh, it at first, like just to enhance maybe the yeah. gameplay, or whatever. Um, so I might even still I don't have my hero clicks anymore. I might still have though the um, not the juggernaut. Oh, what were the 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 the? Oh my god, what were the the giant things in X Men? The robots, the sen- oh uh, the, sentinel um, sentinels. Yes, I had a sentinel. A giant sentinel. Oh, wow. Remember, it took up like I think it took up like four, four yeah. spots on the board or something. Um, so yeah, we went all in with these hero clicks because they all were, were Marvel and DC fans. Um, and then uh, we were trading, and then Anthony wanted my unique Joker. Something happened. Next thing I know, he shook his hand and he just took my Joker. I'm like, what are you talking about? So I go, no, this was a handshake agreement. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Like I got nothing out of it, and like unique Joker was hard to find. Uniques were each base had a different color, and uniques were silver, mm-hmm. and they had like the most powerful form yeah. of that character. And I remember Joe, unique Joker was powerful. The thing he's... about those, like the click games, was they were trading card games with miniatures. Oh, totally! Because you'd buy a box of four, you don't know what's in them. So I mean, the multiples was ridiculous that we would have. And yes, you would trade them back and forth. Um, but yeah, he got that Joker. And yeah, I if you got a Spider-Man, you were king of the playground. <laughs> uh, and then that started evolving. But then like we went, we started going on separate ways and everything like that. So we kind of, we lost interest, not interest. We just stopped playing for a while. And then I remember when I moved out here, there's a comic book store not too far from me, the comic book depot. And yeah, they I pass had... it when I go to your place. Yeah. Every time I'm like, I should go there. It's not bad. It's not bad. But they had, for the first time in a long time, I saw like a new one. They had the Batman 66 Hero Clicks. I was like, that's pretty cool. So I bought a pack just to have, you know, because even if you want to collect them. And then like, I'm like, I showed my friends and they're like, you know, I still have my po- uh, uh, clicks. I'm like, I still have a box of mine. And then for maybe like three months, we got together again and started playing. And then it fell, you know, then it fell off. You know, everyone has families and everything. And next thing you know, everyone's pretty much sold all their clicks. Mine are, again, long gone. But Hero Clicks is better than the true crack addiction. I'll bring one last thing out. Okay. Well, I'm a little upset that real quick while you're doing that, I'm upset that we lost track of Heroclix because then WWE put out their version, their version of Heroclix. Of and I'm so mad I we we stopped playing before that. I should collect them though. I never did that. I should collect them. You ever mess with Warhammer 40k no, miniatures? Don't even get me started <laughs> on Warhammer. Oh wow, that's actually not that's elaborate. Did you put that together or Yeah. You just I'm have just to, too lazy to paint. I was gonna say he's gotta paint it. Showing a truck looks like it's from Mad Max. Oh, there's a little guy in the bottom. There we go. Oh, okay. There we go. <laughs> yeah, no, Warhammer, I never got into. Though, um, by my job, you know, when I used to work in a building, um, there was a store that opened up and it was like a gaming store. That's pretty cool, like a little motorcycle. Yeah, those Warhammer figures. And I went over to it because so I thought it was like a gaming store, but no, it was essentially a Warhammer store. It was, yeah, no, I know exactly the place you're talking about. Yeah, over in, in by Plainview. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've been um, there a couple times. Uh, yeah. The stench is horrendous. 
well, you know, they, you get that when you go to places like that or a Comic Con yeah. or something. You know, you get used to it. But um, I remember walking in. I'm like, this is only Warhammer. And they're like, yeah. I'm like, I never even realized Warhammer was that popular. As I'm looking around this store, it's, and it's just purely Warhammer. Yeah. No, I started, I went to college, and, like, that was the big thing with those guys. They were just, they would take up, like, a barn <laughs> and put up, like, terrain. <laughs> and that would be, like, their night into Oofa. part of the morning. Oofa. Uh, yeah, I'll ask you one last question. You ever get into like magic or anything, the gathering or anything like that? Anything card based? I don't like math that much. <laughs> Me too. So I'm so with you on that one. I dodged that crack addiction. <laughs> um, however, I have friends that love the cardboard crack. That is magic. <laughs> the gathering right before my senior year. I remember watching kids in the in the cafeteria. I'm like, what is this? It's a game called Magic. I'm like, that's not going to last. Who wants to play with no, cards? No, Magic the Gathering. Knew? I knew one kid in college who paid for his college with Magic tournament earnings wow. by selling cards I believe and that. doing tournaments. I believe that. It's like the Pokemon. You know, Pokemon he's, card game. Like, yeah. He's an accountant. He's a brilliant accountant. <laughs> he went and he did scholarships. Then he'd go to tournaments, clean up get rare cards from drafts and stuff. That's cool. And then flip them. That's wild. I can never do that. But still, nevertheless. Um, now, yeah. So, I mean, you know what? This just now even opened up more for stuff to talk about later on. Now with Hero Clicks and with Warhammer and stuff like that. So, Sean, this is the first time. It is absolutely not going to be the last time. Um, as we wrap it up, Sean, do you have anything? Do you do anything? Do you do other podcasts yes, with me? Yes, I do another podcast <laughs> that I think we're both mutually associated with. Uh, it's called The Ring Crew. We record intermittently. Yeah. Uh, True. Uh, but usually around major wrestling events, we talk about all wrestling promotions. Um, usually the big ones, WWE, AEW. Um, but we try to talk about everything and uh, we talk about the news and uh, everything going on in the wrestling world. It's a good time. It's funny. It's a loose talk. Um, uh, and it's a nice time. Yeah, absolutely. You can find us yeah. wherever wherever you listen to podcasts and call the Ring Crew podcast. Uh, we try and do live chats during Raw, SmackDown. Dynamite. Oh, yes, on Facebook. On Facebook. Yeah, join our group, the Ring Crew podcast group. Um, but, uh, you know, as I get older, it's just harder and harder to stay up late. So I'm sorry, Rampage, but I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying to stay awake. I don't even try and I rarely <laughs> do it because I go to sleep super early and wake up super early because my job you. requires me to open the business. There you go. Well, when we start talking about stuff like GCW, that's when you come in. So I will be awake. <laughs> yes. Uh, and with us here at the Retro Gamers Podcast, of course, you can find us anywhere you're listening to pod. If you listen to us now, you already know where to find us. Uh, and you can watch us on YouTube, on Instagram, TV. Email us. Email at theretrogamers.com. And please definitely hit us up in the DMs or in the uh, comments, your favorite RPGs, your memories and histories of Dungeon and Dragon specifically. Uh, we definitely want to hear about that. Uh, Sean, again, I want to know about the yeah. time you summoned Satan with D&D. <laughs> that will be a whole nother episode. Uh, that's probably the day I met Anthony, to be honest with you. <laughs> so we can talk about that later. Uh, Sean, again, thank you very much for joining this week. It was a great pleasure having you. 
I definitely want to come back if you'll have me. No, I, I absolutely will. And of course, again, Anthony running the New York City Marathon. So if you see a marathon runner pass out on the street, it's probably him. Please give him a hand. And uh, folks, we will catch you everywhere next week on the Retro Gamers Podcast. Peace.